In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? Well, I'm always happy when we've got this guest on. He was a fantastic guest um, last season. And uh, no, just great to have him back. One of the most entertaining people we've had on this show. And uh, yeah, welcome back. Once again, Jack, overselling it, as always. I love you guys for doing that. I love you guys for doing that, right? I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Not too often I do an international podcast, so it's always special with you guys. And guys, if you don't recognize who it is, it's Chris McNeil. Which means nothing to most of you. Oh. But uh, I was the parade guy. That's about <laughs> what people say. Yeah. Chris McNeil, they're like, what? I don't know. You know, the stupid guy who came up with that parade idea. That's, that's me. Yeah. All right. So when we got you on last season, we were chatting about the prep work. We just wanted to know, how is the prep work going for the 16-0 perfect season parade? Because, hey, Baker's looking dangerous. Got to start getting ready. That's right. I'll tell you. I'm going to start having to get my paperwork together, put in my $25 filing fee, get it in there with the city of Cleveland. So we're going to be all set to go because we're talking 16-0 and 0 next season, not 0-16, right? Right? All positive vibes. All positive vibes. Nothing negative. We're not talking about, you know, a bad head coach. We're not going into an offseason where he's going to be jumping into Lake Erie. We're talking about good vibes. We're hardly even talking draft right now. I mean, we're legitimately, even though, you know, we're talking about the pieces and parts we're going to need, we're not talking about needing that franchise quarterback. And this is the first time in how many years, fellas? How many years? I was looking back. It's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, that's a good feeling. That's a really good feeling going into this offseason. Chris, do you think that you were the catalyst of turning this around with the parade? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I think it was very it, – it was a good exercise for everybody to go through, though, because it kind of exercised the demons, right? Because we were going old Cleveland, old Browns, that whole feeling – needed something to mark time for it to go away. And that's what we did. You know, we gave him kind of a false funeral there. And I think that kind of needed to happen. But ultimately what turned this team around was a guy by the name of John Dorsey drafting a guy by the name of Baker Mayfield. And now, boys, now we are set. That's what happened to turn this whole thing around. Had little to do with my parade, though I think it was, uh, it was a good feeling for anybody who was there to be able to exercise some of those demons of the old Browns, if you're with me on that. Here's a challenge for you, Chris. How many people were at that parade, do you think, Browns fans? Well, it, the stated, and this comes from the city of Cleveland, and this comes from police. For, they always do these crowd estimates. They said about 2,300 people were there which is a really, really good crowd. If you'll recall, it was like zero degrees down there. Wind chill was under zero uh, right before we started this parade. So it was horrible conditions. And to get that many people down there, it was, it was pretty amazing. Next year, Bengals away. Do you think we could get over 2,500 Browns fans to travel from the new uh, First Energy Stadium to the Paul Brown Stadium? 
down there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We could easily do that. Heck, so I think if we play, if we play the way we did this year, Paul, I mean, we're going to take over that stadium. It'll be 75% Browns fans. I guarantee it because I see Cincinnati going the opposite way. And if Cincinnati isn't playing well, those fans scatter. Those fans scatter real quick. It's like cockroaches in the kitchen. I mean, they will be gone. The Browns fans will take over those seats. So all we need is for the Browns to do their end of the deal. And then that's easily done, easily done on the road. Because if I'm correct, you're like kind of halfway between the two, aren't you? Yeah, Columbus is. That's right. And with Columbus, is it a 50-50 split Browns? Uh, Bengals, or is it more of a Browns? So this is going to make you sick. You got kind of a split. It had been for years, like you were talking about. But over the years, because the Pittsburgh darn Steelers have been so good, they have invaded this market, unfortunately. And it hurts me to say, so you've got a ton of Steelers fans that come in from the East. So it's really Browns, Steelers, and then you have Bengals. They're kind of the third of those that mix of three teams. And then you've got your one-off. A lot of people who like like Dallas or teams like that just because they're total bandwagoners in the city. Plus, you got a lot of transplants because you got Ohio State University, you know, top five largest universities in, a, in a, the United States. So you have a lot of transplants here, here too. But it would upset you to know how many Steelers fans, I'm sure. Uh, if you knew the true number, Paul, it would, be, uh, it would be upsetting to you. But Browns are coming back. Now we've got, we've got our owner, Jimmy Haslam, bought – obviously a part of the Columbus crew down here gives us more of an in for the Columbus market. And I'm sure that's in the back of his head. Uh, you know, that's really good, good PR down here in the Columbus uh, area for, for his team, for the Cleveland Browns. And hopefully I'll have some neat, uh, neat tie-ins, maybe some, I don't know, Browns nights at the crew, who knows, but uh, it really sends a wave of goodwill around here. On top of I watch, I watch these, um, a presentation with Columbus. It was interesting they did it on the same day of Freddie Kitchen. Would you think that was just to try and pull it under the carpet or just bad timing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there because it certainly didn't seem to be very well thought out. <laughs> but it doesn't surprise me too much from this, this ownership group. But I don't want to rip them too much because I want to be positive right now oh, Chris, uh, because I think we've got, we've got so much stuff that's going in the, in the right direction. I don't want to rip them. But, you know, they don't always have the best laid plans, I would say. And maybe this falls into that category. Uh, but uh, right now we don't have to worry about that because I think we've got so many other things going on well. Uh, Chris, um, as a Browns fan, are you a big uh, Columbus Crew fan as well? Not really. Not really. I'm not a huge crew guy because I'm not a huge soccer guy. Sorry, guys. I mean, over here in the States, it's just not as big as it is over there. You know, I got football first. I'm a baseball fan second. I'm a Cavs fan, basketball fan third. And then below that, you got like hockey. I'm actually wearing a hockey Columbus Blue Jackets uh, sweatshirt today. Uh, so soccer is down there. I'm getting into it because my kids are kind of into it, especially my daughter. And so I'd like to be – now that the crew is saved, it's going to be nice to be able to go out there with her. But overall, I'm not a huge soccer guy. Do you think next year it would be possible for me to do a Ohio State game, Browns game, and a Columbus Crew game, or it just never happens like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that – that should work. I'm thinking about the three schedules. There shouldn't be a problem to do that early on in the season because uh, the crew would overlap Ohio State. And, of course, you'd have Ohio State overlap in the Browns. So that shouldn't be a problem. And if you have not been, which I guess you haven't, been to an Ohio State game, my God, man, it is something to behold, something to behold indeed. You talk about tailgating, 
this is intense tailgating when you get out there. Excellent. These people are professional tailgaters. There are so many good tailgaters. About half of them don't even go into the stadium, and that's true. They just sit out there, and they've got basically their living room out there to tailgate in. They've got things set up with their monitors, with their stereos, the food just all over the place, booze, the whole nine yards. I mean, they've been doing it for years, and they're just like Browns fans in the Muni lot, only a little bit more sophisticated on that end, the way they put their stuff together. And where's the number one place to tailgate um, in Columbus for them, games? Oh, good question. So they're on Lane Avenue. There's several spots that you could go to. Um, I will usually end up kind of just walking around the stadium because that's what the nice things about great tailgates. You see this with the Browns. You see this with them. If everybody's in a good mood, you could just walk up to tailgaters and you could just be a part of the family for that afternoon and Saturday for the Browns on that afternoon and Sunday. And so that's what I'll end up doing. You know, you could hit up the bars too. A lot of people do hit up like varsity club. They've got a big one outside, but if you stick on lane Avenue, you'll see that right outside the stadium. That's where you're going to want to be. And before you go into the stadium, hit up the Skull Session, which is at St. John's. That's right off of Lane Avenue as well. You do those two things, man, you're going to have a hell of an experience when you go to an Ohio State game. Awesome. So hopefully next year, me, Jack, are planning to try and do a, uh, a state game and a Browns game the same weekend. That's a great weekend. That is a really, really good weekend right there. I will guarantee you, you guys will have a blast. Uh, we're aiming bigger than that. We're looking at um ohio state browns yep. home game yep. get um a Cavs basketball game in then travel up to boston um probably get um the pats away game in um get some ice hockey in up there maybe try and do a, a baseball game either end depending it'll all depend on when the fixtures lie and um if we can get it in there but i'm aiming it's the home game and then pats away that's the pair i want to get in Wow, you guys are going to need a travel agent or something for this. That's a, that's a lot to coordinate. That's going to be impressive, man. If you guys could pull that off, that would be something. That would be a legendary travel because that's a long way to go from Cleveland to Boston. Boston's on the East Coast and you, you're going from, uh, for, yeah, you're going a couple of states away. So that's, that's, that's impressive. That's impressive. I look forward to it because I know you guys are going to document the heck out of it. And that's going to be fun to follow you guys along that trail. Now, if you do want to get hockey in, you could come to a Blue Jackets game when you're in Columbus too. So that could save you some drive time if you wanted to. But uh, just throwing it out there, we do have a, the Blue Jackets that are playing pretty well right now. Awesome. But let's, let's stay focused on the Browns. What are, your, um, what are your plans? What do you think the Browns are going to do in the draft this year? Oh, I would really like to see them get some talented wide receiver. I think a lot of people have said that. Uh, I'd like to see some help um, basically with our, with our linebackers on defense as well, maybe some help in that secondary. Uh, it seems like it'd be nice to really solidify some of those positions right off the bat. Um, I'll be interested to see. You know, every time I think I know what the Browns are going to do, whether it comes to draft or anything else, they always do something different. Before, that would make me really nervous. But now with John Dorsey, that doesn't make me nervous. That actually makes me excited. So I will be eager to see what him and his team can put together for this draft. Where do you think they're looking? I'm curious. Yeah, I think they're going to go uh, DT first, D end. Defensive tackle? End? What, put him on the opposite side? <laughs> no, I think uh, defensive tackle and then round two defensive end. Jack, what's your view? Um, Interesting. DN, D tackle or cornerback uh, are the three I'm looking at for the first round. Um, it's 
either you draft a defensive end and move Ogba to three tech, or you um, draft a uh, three tech defensive tackle, or you draft just a second cornerback to go opposite um, Ward. And then obviously you're going to still need Mitchell and others in rotation because you just can't have enough good cornerbacks. You're going to get injuries there. Um, but no, I think that's a really, really good point. I'm kind of concerned about Ward too. Everything with, the concussion stuff man he had such a great rookie season I mean what a great pick and that concussion stuff can just knock you out totally I mean that could end a career I hope that doesn't happen I'm knocking on wood right now but that's something that's got to be in the back of all those guys minds because we've already got you know problems at depth depth excuse me at cornerback and uh losing a guy like Ward if it happens again and he's not 100 percent boy that really makes it a position to need for us I don't think we're gonna go for a wide receiver till Day two, maybe day three. We may. We may. I, I, you know, and it'll all depend on what kind of talent's on the board. If somebody slips to us, yep. absolute can't miss, then I think you got to go for them early. But I'm with you guys. You know, the defense has some holes, no doubt about it. It would be really nice to be able to shore up what we got on that side of the ball, especially with Greg Williams gone now. How do you feel about that, Chris, with Greg going? <sighs> you know, I think from a 10,000-foot standpoint, my feelings going into this whole thing was that I want John Dorsey ultimately to have a team that he's completely comfortable with because I think that he's earned enough um, to, to, to be able to do that, and he was. I was hoping that would include keeping, quite, quite honestly, keeping Greg Williams around because I thought Greg had earned the job. I really did. But it also doesn't – it's not something I'm losing sleep at night that Greg Williams isn't there because I really like Kitchens. I like promoting him. You know, he's young. So he's going to make some mistakes. So I'll be interested to see what he does to build his staff. I'll tell you what surprised me, though, right off the bat, is just how he was clearing house. Because a lot of times you bring on a guy from internally, and that kind of keeps that sense of, you know, normalcy. You don't have a whole lot of turnover. Boy, he got rid of special teams. He just totally cleared that out, which I get it from a special team standpoint. But, you know, he didn't seem to have many loyalties to many people on the staff. So uh, he – that, and that's fine with me. That's fine with me. You want a guy who's able to pick out his own talent and make it happen. So be interested to see. Be interested to see. This is, an, this is a guy in kitchens who doesn't have a whole lot of experience, uh, seems very willing to shake it up right off the bat. And I think with, hit, with that experience will be kind of filled in with a guy like Dorsey because he'll be able to be that mentor to him. And I, I think that that's really ultimately what they were going for. And I think that's how we're going to be successful in this case. And the fact that he's also got Baker Mayfield on the same page with Kitchens, it seems. So that is an important tandem to have, have set. And uh, Chris, uh, where do you see us um, finishing off this year? Do you think we're going to get to playoffs? I'm saying playoffs. Why not? Why not? Why not go in high this year? Every year I go in low. This past year, I think I said, what, six wins? I may have said it on your show, too. Yeah. I, I think I was going six wins just about everywhere. They beat my expectation for the first time in, like, 20 years. Congratulations, Cleveland Browns. And next year, heck, yeah, that's going to be my standard. It's going to be playoffs. It's going to be winning the division. And I'm with you guys. I think this is very possible. It's very realistic. And that's the hill I'm going to die on with the Cleveland Browns right now. Yeah, the, the, the bar for us on this show, playoffs just isn't enough. We want that division. That is the bar we're setting. That is the level, guys. Um, and, and that's hard for a first-time head coach to come in and do that. But that's where we set the bar. We want that division. And then when we wrap up the division, we'll deal with home field advantage at that point. 
And anybody who's listening to this who says, what are these guys on? Are you guys crazy? Look at our division. Look at our division. Who scares you? I mean, you say the Steelers, yeah, historically, but Big Ben, is he going to come back? Is he not? Everybody seems to think he is. You know, how many other players aren't going to want to play for him this season? They had a running back who didn't. They had a wide receiver who didn't. They seem to have a heck of a lot of discord right now in the Steelers organization. Bengals are hiring a new coach. Who knows what the heck they go with that? Uh, it sounds like they want to go and uh, – who's that? Get the quarterback coach from um, – I forget who it was now. Off the top uh, the of my Rats. head. It sounds like – yeah, yeah. And it sounds like a pretty good hire for them. But once again, how far back are you starting over? Uh, they, may not, they may be moving on from Andy Dalton. So that's, that's going to be up in the air. And the Ravens, the Ravens, once again, put it together this year. They were on a way to a nosedive and were able to save it. They were going to get rid of Harbaugh. Uh, they were, had it going, a complete train wreck going, and they were able to salvage it. One of these years, that's not going to happen for them. So there's – I guess the long story is there's nobody in this division that's completely killing it who you say, oh, the Browns have got to get past them. So I think the division's not that good, and I think the Browns have gotten much, much better. Yeah, I'll go into the next season. There's three games I'm worried about. You've got yep. the New England Patriots, the Rams, and the Seahawks. The rest of them, quite frankly, I'm not that worried. Um, Lamar Jackson doesn't bother me. Um, the Chargers have shown the model how to beat him now. Let's just join the flock and get involved with that. Um, so, no, it's, it's not a hard ask. And we were sat here last year going, I was saying, this isn't an 8-8 eight eight team, but you've got to take off three wins for Hugh Jackson. Now we're talking about better than that. We're going to add more players. We're going right. into this. I'm going, right, there's three games. I'm going to say, let's count them as losses. I think we might win some of them. And then if you go, right, two of the other 13 games you might lose, let's take 11-5. and five. That, that's a fantastic that's position playoffs. to be in going into the season. 11-5, and five, you should win your division with that. And uh, that, that's working on the basis you, you're going to slip up in two games. So you're always going to get that. So let's take that. Let's have 11-5 and five and we'll deal with the playoffs when they come. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So what were those three teams? You had the Patriots. You had the Rams. Those are both. And the Seahawks. That's, that's brutal. Seahawks, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of that team right there. So they don't scare me necessarily as much, but that is brutal to have all three of those teams on the schedule next year. So but, those will be great tests. Hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? And that's what the Browns are going to do next year. The advantage, though, if you have the Patriots on your schedule for playing their division, you also get three automatic wins by playing the Jets. That's right. The, rate, uh, the Bills and the Dolphins. So I'll happily take that. Like Lose one, get three free. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll have that. You talk about messes. Man, oh, man. Look at what they got down there in Miami. Whew. It's nice to be in the position as a Browns fan where you can look down on some of the other organizations and the way they're running things right now. And Miami is one of those that's a grease fire that is just completely, completely out of, out of control. Chris, I'm loving this positivity from you, mate. Yeah, see, a lot of people didn't think that was there. A lot of people, when we were going through that 0-16, they thought, oh, this is a guy who just likes to rag his team. He's one of those fans who's really negative. I've always been positive, always been positive. I wouldn't be a fan since I was a kid, since I, I've said this story five million times, I'm going to say it again, since I was seven years old at Old Cleveland Municipal Stadium, watching Bernie Kosar get hit late by Mark Gastineau and our Cleveland Browns coming back down 10 points with four minutes to go to win that ball game. I was the kid standing on my seat, yelling at people as they were leaving, saying the Browns are going to win. The Browns are going to win. Sure enough, they did. I'm still that same optimistic guy. And that parade was not about, you know, embarrassing everybody and, and, you know, saying, showing the world how bad we were. It was like, Hey, 
you know, we have hit bottom here. It's time to turn this thing around. And that's what we've done. And that's what we've done. Awesome, Chris. Chris, I've got one question for you. What is your best viral tweet of 2018? Gosh, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. It's got to be something around the parade uh, at the beginning of the year. Obviously, that got a lot of press nationally and even internationally with you guys. I, heck, I was on the BBC. That was kind of fun uh, talking about this parade. And, of course, what I love about it is that you guys, the, the sense of humor over across the pond is just so on point with something like that. Like over here, we've got a lot of that type of humor, but you guys just overall tend to get it a lot quicker than what we did over here. I think I had to sell it to some folks. Whereas over there, the BBC was just eating it up. They were talking about clubs and teams that I should come over and start planning uh, parades for because they thought it was such a neat idea. So that was fun. Yeah, it had to be something around the parade that really blew up. Chris, you can franchise it and take it globally. No doubt. No doubt. I can make some money, get to see a bunch of games, get to see a bunch of horrible, horrible clubs all over the place who were like begging me to put, a, put together a parade for their fans, for their horrible organization. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Take a nice fee and travel the world. All right, excellent. Look, Chris, I just want to say thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. It's always great to be on with Paul, Jack. Tell you what, man. This is good times. Good times in Brownstown. Now, it's been awesome. And uh, I, we're loving this positivity. And I look forward to meeting face-to-face in 2019. That's right. That's right. Me and my mom. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You said to me, you said to me before the show started, don't mention your mom. And I haven't. <laughs> That's you right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she so wants to say hi to you. She wants to say hi. Just say hi, you know, across the pond. I told her I was coming on a podcast with you guys. So want to make sure she's looking forward to meeting you at some point like i like i told you hopefully it's in a public place and a public forum so there are a lot of people around i just asked for that paul okay son anyway let's move on <laughs> no chris it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much and yes big shout out to um susan susan if you're listening we look forward to meeting you in 2019 means a lot to her thanks guys thanks paul thanks, 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 thanks for your support uh, over the past it's been a, a pleasure doing stuff with you thanks very much go browns love it hey,